Welcome to Repod, the podcast discussing podcasting in Europe with industry experts and creators. My name is Alexander Damian Ricci and I'm your host. For the second episode of Repod, we invited David Verdon, who's subscription growth and retention specialist for podcasts and newsletters at Petit Press, the publisher of the leading Slovakian media, The Nixman. David also co-founded 58p.digital, a digital production consultancy. So I literally bumped into David online reading an article he wrote for What's New in Publishing. In that article, he deals with the measurement of podcast reach across Europe. So given David's expertise, I wanted to have him on report to discuss the following. How we measure podcast reach across Europe and why it matters. The effectiveness of subscription models in podcasting and the state of the art of the Slovakian podcast market. So this is me speaking to David Verton. So, David, I want really to start with podcast measurement across Europe. It might sound as a simple question, but maybe it's not. So, how do we measure podcast reach across Europe today? The simple answer is we don't. We only measure the reach of podcasting. So, we don't measure podcasting listening itself. And that's also done by the Reuters Institute by Study of Journalism there annual, I would say, uh, digital news report, which also includes a part where they try to ask listeners how much they listened to podcasting. And it's self-reported. So basically, the people say how much or like who listened to the podcast in the past month. And based on that, we will get some data in percentage, which tells us where the country is when it comes to podcasting. Almost every country now does this, and it's not the same survey. So like in Slovakia, there's this agency, survey agency called Tumius. They do like a podcast tracker every six months. I know in Hungary, the IAB put together a podcast listening report two years ago, and there's like not one entity which would do this in all European countries. So even the Reuters Institute is, you know, just like they don't include the Baltics, for example, uh, not even the Balkans. So, and that's all Europe, but in some of the countries which are ahead in podcasting, this measurement or having like a unified understanding where the country is in terms of like, okay, which are the biggest podcasts, what are their numbers, how many people are they reaching, how many people are listening to podcasts, like this will move each country, like each industry forward. Exactly. So when someone approaches the world of podcasting, that person usually encounters the acronym IAB, so which measures downloads. Nevertheless, in this article I read and that you published on What's New in Publishing. You discuss also a couple of national examples of how podcast reach is measured. So after this overview gave us, can you dig a bit into what's happening in different European countries? Sure. So one of the things, and it's for me, it's like very fascinating, is like how Sweden moved ahead in podcasting compared to other countries. And there are like a couple of years ago, they established something called the Pod Index, which measures like all the big players in terms of like publishers 
are in this measurement. They agreed. So they all came together and said like, okay, we need to move this industry forward. We want to attract advertisers. And to do this, we need to show them some number. Something similar is happening in France where they have uh, the ACPM measurement, a similar chart. It's a bit different than pod index. I, I like the pod index more because it's like pretty clear when even I from Slovakia come to pod index and I run it through Google Translate, I can quickly say, okay, so who's who are the big players here? What podcasts are, you know, have big audiences and so on. The French one is a bit more, I would say, um, messy, don't quote me on that. But still, it's like, it's a good start of like publishers coming together and creating a chart which says we are all measuring podcast downloads, podcast play the same way. There is this body which is certifying that. And here are the charts. So that's a huge, I would say, help to the industry, even though like not all the players are there still, but it's a good start. But why wouldn't it be enough to rely on AB then? Oh, I wasn't actually arguing against IAB. I was more or less arguing on the like how fast IAB is moving in this regard. So obviously they've come up with the measurements which podcast hosting companies are adopting. And it's, it's I would say, like global standards that uh, podcast hosts are attempting to reach. Now they changed it. They said like you will have to recertify, I guess, every year or whatever, basically saying we want to like really keep it clean. But then you basically run into the problems on the country level. So And, and that's not really like the IAB's problem per se but again like if i look at ib in slovakia it's, it's just like you know they say ah oh, podcasting is like much smaller than whatever uh, websites uh, measurements video measurements it's just like not that high of a priority and in terms of like if you want to be obviously in these charts you have to pay you have to reach the certain measurements so you hinted already at this but why is all of this important why is podcast measurements so important If we want the industry to move forward, it has to be sustainable. How does it sustain itself? If it has to generate revenue, how does it generate revenue? Like the most widespread uh, tool or like how do you make money on podcasting is via ads, right? That's like the biggest way of making money on podcasting is ads or so running ads. And now advertisers got pretty sophisticated from time to time I get as this by even by companies not just media and it's like how do you justify asking for so much money on your podcast ad if your reach is so and so and if we compare it to the reach on Instagram or TikTok or on Facebook it's you know it's like hundreds thousands compared to thousands or like tens of thousands right i think this is an important point so what can we say about the difference in value between podcasting and advertising in other media so it starts with like having the idea of like what's the reach right so like what's the reach is the first first thing but even though it's like still just like the step number one but you need that step number one so that you can bring on step number two three four and those other steps are basically explaining like you know the reach of podcasting is like so much different than reach in social media which is almost like involuntary so there's like no way that you know i browse like i open my smartphone and i stumble up like you know a podcast will pop up into my face like 
you know, that's, that's not it. You know, podcasts are on demand. So it's like always opt-in as in compared to that, like social media is like, oh, we will give you stuff for you to look at. And, you know, you might like something, you might not, but you don't choose it. So that's like very different. And so this, I would say like the voluntarity or involuntarity of the thing, I would say is the next step. And the other steps are, you know, we still need a lot of research. The Guardian did recently a really good research uh, comparing how much. So they were running the same ad in TV, print, online and podcasting. And they said like, okay, in podcasting, even though it wasn't the biggest reach, but it translated into the most customers, you know, per reach. And so I would love to see more of this done on the European level. But then again, like, it's not the same, right? Like you would almost have to go like country by country. So like, I would say that's our curse for now, at least in Europe, that it's like, even though the guys in Brussels keep saying like one digital market, it's not. And I think it's like still decades away. Thanks for that. So quoting Adam Curry, who's a reference in the world of podcasting, of course, he was saying that, advertising is boring or makes content boring. At least that's how I got it. So it makes me transition towards subscription models. Can you tell us from your perspective and in your experience, what's the state of the art of subscription models in the field of podcasting? What we're seeing in the industry, subscriptions in podcasting, basically paid podcasting, let's call it, are a very good supplement to the overall business of podcasting. So I'm seeing some examples where independent publishers, bloggers, and not just on Substack, but like anywhere else, are saying they're successful with their paid podcasts. The, you know, people are paying them just for listening to it. But when you're talking to like big publishers, they say, okay, so this is for us a good way to retain our subscribers. So not just like acquire new subscribers, but basically you are making their current subscription even more valuable because you're also adding podcasting with like these features, like without ads, early release, extra content to the bundle, and you're making it like more valuable, their subscription without extra cost. So David, thanks for that. And I believe it's super interesting to have you here with us today also to discuss a bit the state of the art of the Slovakian podcast market. So who's who? Meaning who are the biggest players on the market and what do they do actually? So the big players at the moment are the digital publishers or like my employer is basically also like a big publisher, not just like digital, but also like print, but still like it started in the digital newsroom where the podcast started. So we started in October 2017, right? And we had this like few months where we said, okay, let's let's do it and we'll see what happens. People started listening, you know, like each month, like thousands and thousands more people started listening. And then the other players on the market, like other digital publishers looked at it and said like, okay, there's, there might be something like let's launch our daily news podcast as well. So like at some point there were like 10 daily news podcasts in a country, which is super small and they all could be sustained somehow. And now you have the big players is one of the commercial radios, which is part of Bauer Media. And then you have obviously us, the Nixme, 
and then you have some other publishers and one of the biggest players is also this independent podcast house uh, or podcast network let's call them called Zappo which is producing a lot of like comedy and true crime stories so they are quite popular if you look at the trending charts in Apple Podcasts and Spotify it's usually like not many independent creators there so it's already like being consolidated kind of but it never you could never really see like many independent podcast creators to have their podcasts in the top charts because like if someone like grew big enough they were already like snatched up by some of the big players yeah and that's different in a way to what we heard from John Avion in episode one where we discussed the French podcast market and how it all originated from indie productions I was wondering though is there a specific milestone production that set the beginning of the podcasting scene in Slovakia? Yeah, I would definitely say the first one was in 2017, the daily news podcast, which is called Dobre Rano, translated in Good Morning, which is still one of the top podcasts, not by just like reach, but also like recognition. So you can see like anyone who entered the podcast markets, like from the point of view like a listener they've come across that podcast and either became a listener or just like tasted it and went on and then there is like a big um, and this is similar to Czech Republic and Poland like a big wave of true crime I couldn't say there's like one podcast because there are a couple that are like really defining but it's not the true crime we see in, in somewhere else it's more like you know just like two people talking about two crime stories and there's like a little bit of production depending on like who is doing this and it's like it's not a narrative podcast per se I mean, I read between the lines here, uh, but it seems like that from what you're saying, the production level in Slovakia is not so developed right now, but you would see more news podcasts. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. So when podcast creators, publishers, you know, anyone who wanted to enter the market found out like, okay, the interview style podcast is good enough because you'll get a lot of listeners and it's like easy enough to produce. Like, you know, there was a flood of like, okay, let's do this because that's easy. And then you could see some of the players like, okay, let's let's do a little bit of like narration. It's still built on top of conversation right so like you still have the baseline is interview either between a journalist and a um, old criminalist or like some like old uh, criminal judge or whatever like some specialist and you will see these pair together and you will get some like narrative scenes built into that and that's like you know not that hard to produce like still take weeks and months but it wouldn't be like okay you're just like doing this six episode podcast the whole year mm, really interesting because it helps us also to understand a bit how the european podcast market is structured in the different national contexts in a previous chat we had before this podcast you were mentioning to me and saying to me that in your opinion dynamic advertisement insertion will play a big role and can play a big role for the development of the podcast scene. So why is that? So I have a good case from Hungary. So in Hungary, there is a publisher called B-Tone who started like early on with this dynamic ad insertion and that helped them like really 
basically monetize anything and everything they have done from the beginning, right? Because you can also monetize older episodes because you will be changing the ads that are in them. And a lot of publishers I'm speaking to, like in you know, Poland, Czech Republic, Slovakia, even still in Hungary, they just do baked in ads, right? Like the host says something, it's baked in, like because to do dynamic ad insertion, there's like extra layer of complication. Even though I'm, I'm sure people from Acast and other podcast hosts who are doing dynamic ad insertion would tell me like, no, it's super easy. But if you speak to publishers who are doing dynamic ad insertion, they say like, oh, we have to have like at least one person who's looking after that. And suddenly like, you know, you're talking about like extra people in your infrastructure. And me coming from a country where like everything is trying to be like, I'm not saying scrappy, but like, you know, just like do the most which you can squeeze out of the content. So everything's basically going into the content production that would be like, you know, just like extra person. But that extra person will make sure that you're also monetizing those older episodes which are being listened to. So if you look at some of the stats, basically with some of the players, even on the Slovak market, they're losing 20 to 40% of their inventory just by not doing that. And that could be like extra revenue for them to start new shows, invest more into do more production or like better production. And it just blows my mind when why why that's like not being done. I always mention it and everyone is like, yeah, yeah, it would be nice to do it. But I guess there's like lack of education. Yeah, I understand. Meaning that you need at least to invest in human resources who are then able to handle that. So, David, thank you so much for being with us here today. Thank you. Take care. And that's it for the second episode of Report, the podcast discussing podcasting in Europe with industry experts and creators. We'll be back next month with another relevant chat on podcasting in Europe. But meanwhile, for you to know, Report is not only a podcast series, but also a specific project led by the Brussels-based podcast production agency, Bull Media. Through Report, Bull Media aims at exploring the art of remakes in podcasting, trying to bring podcast series produced by independent creators in one country to another national audience in Europe. Report is a partnership between Bull Media and Acast and the project is financed by the Stars for Media program, which is an innovation exchange program aiming at facilitating cooperation between media professionals to accelerate media innovation across borders in Europe. To check out Stars for Media, visit starsformedia.eu and you can visit the website of Bull Media at bullmedia.eu. That's B-U-L-L-E media.eu. The Stars for Media program is co-financed by the European Commission.